Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. And so I get to start this new series called Make Room for New, which I'm very excited about. Um, And uh, my topic is God, making room for new, making room for God, making room for God in a new way, maybe. And so um, this week it really challenged me thinking through this because uh, every time you get a topic... Uh, the first question is, can I actually speak on this? Can I stand up on that stage in front of all these people and with hand on heart say that I truly believe in this message and what I'm about to share? And so as, a, um, as you prepare a sermon, you go through this moment of deep, deep wrestle. And my wife knows this. I sat on the couch at 11.30 last night and said, I don't think this is a very good message. And she said, now's not the time for that. Um, <laughs> It's good advice, really. Um, but it, it wasn't that I didn't believe in the message. It's that I believe in the message so much that it really impacted me. And, and so this morning, I have what I feel is like a powerful message, um, something that challenged me, and my only encouragement that is it challenges you. And so I'm going to say some things in this message that may offend you, um, that may challenge you, and you may think less of me at the end of it, but that's Okay. That's my job as a preacher, is to rupture something in you that makes you think past just what I'm delivering. Rupture something so that you're not relying on my words, but you seek God for yourself. And so that's what's going to happen this morning. And so um, a little about me is I have really big feet. What a way to start a message. Everyone looked down at my feet. Look at these things. Um, Whenever I go shoe shopping, it's the most frustrating moment in my entire life. It usually goes like this. Claire, they are wonderful shoes. Shop attendant, what size do these shoes come in? They say 12, and I say, I'm size 13. Thanks for nothing. I walk out. That's usually how it goes. And so when I'm buying new shoes, it's very frustrating. And so a new shoe day is a good day in the Smith household for me. Um, But what happens is even when I find the right pair of shoes, often they're just a little bit too small. Who knows that feeling when you put a shoe on, you're like, yeah, it'll stretch out, it'll be fine. (laughs) But it's just not comfortable. And reflecting on this, I feel like some of us, and myself included, slip into this thing where um, sometimes we resort back to our old pair of shoes because they're more comfortable. We know them, they feel like we know how they should feel, and so we just continue wearing the old pair when the new pair is sitting next to them. And so this morning, I want to challenge us is to press in and go, it's going to be uncomfortable for new. New is uncomfortable. But if we just press in a little bit more, if we just wear the shoe a little longer, we start to realize that it's, it's going to be okay. And so this morning, we're talking about that. What does it look like to make room for God in our life in a new way? Our reading today um, parachutes us into the middle of a story of a man named Abram. Now, God calls on Abram at this stage. He's living with his father and his wife, Sarah, in Haran. God makes a deal with Abram, promising to make um, and moves, make Abraham's, Abram's descendants into a great nation. Now, Abram agrees to leave his home and move southwest to Canaan with his wife and his nephew Lot to a land that God has promised to give to Abram's descendants. Abram takes up residence there and erects a number of altars throughout the land as symbols of his devotion to God. Now, to set this message up, we're going to be talking about altars a little bit. So it's, it's vital that we understand what an altar is, especially in this context. 
Altars were places where the divine and the human worlds interacted. Altars were places of exchange, communication and influence. An altar was often built to commemorate an encounter with God that had a profound impact upon someone. And, in, and altars were a place of sacrifice. We know that often, in the, especially in the Old Testament, God would call people to bring their livestock to the altar and sacrifice them there as a way, as a, an offering to God. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Old Testaments, uh, altars are Old Testament theology, which you would be right. But can I pose this thought? If we look past the physical structure of what an altar is, we still build altars, right? We build altars at the bottom of a corporate ladder to sacrifice our time, sometimes our family, sometimes our finances, to climb the ladder. We build altars in our day, every day of our life. A moment of sacrifice, a moment to say, I see this as the ultimate, so I'm going to put a sacrifice here and, and uh, an altar here and sacrifice that. So if we look past the physical thing of an altar... Uh, we still do that today. Another way altars are described is this. An altar represented a person's desire to dedicate himself fully to the Lord. So with that definition, and with hindsight, I want to ask this question. Have you lost that desire to fully dedicate yourself to God? Have you forgotten about what it felt like to desire God so much more than what you currently desire him. Do you, do you forget that? If we look at Abram's life, the altar signified an encounter with God that acted as a spring, springboard to God that would push him into his future, not as a backboard for him to rest on and stop. It signified a springboard that it would push him into his future. Are we as a church happy to reflect on days of old that, that one time God really showed up, thinking that he'll never show up again? Or are we a church that desires a fresh encounter with the Most High God, knowing that he's not done with us yet? In 2019, if we are to make room for God, make room for new, uh, then what, what does that even mean, right? So I have four points that we're going to go through today. And my encouragement, again, is, is to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you on some thinking. Um, but most of all, the reason, the why behind this is I want us as a church to be a church of influence in this city. I want to see this thing packed every Sunday because people come to know Jesus Christ through who we are as people, as a church. So our point one is... If we're to make room for new, then we need to understand that God is a God of new. He loves it. He loves new. You just have to read the Bible. There's uh, referenced over 400 times. He, there's uh, reference or prophecy, either Jesus speaking or God speaking through prophecy to people in the Old Testament, of new. In, um, in surrounding verses to Abram, God says, leave everything behind. Pick up your swag and go, an Aussie battler would say. God is calling Abram into a bright new future with many promises surrounding it. God is saying in this moment, trust me, I have something so incredible planned for you, if just you trust me. In later verses you read that as Abram arrives at a new land, God appears and says, it's all yours. I'm giving this to you, to your descendants. 
The God we serve is not a God of old, but a God of new. God is always calling us forward, speaking vision into our life and inviting us into a brighter future. We serve a God who loves to create, repair, and we all know the term, maybe rebirth, he says to his disciples, to be born again. In Isaiah, we see a prophecy um, with God saying, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? 2 Corinthians, we see a letter from Paul to the church saying, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Revelation, it says, Behold, I'm making all things new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Do you see what God is doing in your life? God is calling you into a future of new, leaving the old behind. The big thing to ponder for us is, are you open to it? Are you open to a new outlook, a new horizon? Are you open to what God's doing in your life this morning, this year? My point two is this, a new yes. Verse four says this, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now, what I love about our God is that he doesn't force us into anything. It's up to you. It's really up to you. God isn't forcing you into anything. Abram had to decide to go. And when researching this, um, it became clear that God had actually spoken to Abram some time before he actually left. Who knows that moment where you know that God's calling you to something or you should be doing something, but you're just like, I'll just put it off a little. Abram's the same, and he went on to do wonderful things. It's okay, but it's up to you. Sometimes we feel like we need to step into something, but it's scary, right? It's not comfortable to think about the alternative. Here's the thing. A yes means sacrifice. Sacrifice to something. To make room for God this year means saying yes to him, maybe for the first time. Maybe some of you have walked into this room for the first time. And the first question you're asking is, what even is this thing? This thing called church. Who is God? What is you're asking all these big questions. Maybe this morning is the first chance you get to say yes to God. Maybe some of us said yes to God long ago, but ever since then we've been saying no. Maybe it's time to say a new yes. What does that look like this year for you? Again, it's up to you. It's the most wonderful thing about Jesus Christ. It's always an invitation. Can I just say, for those that are sitting here going, thinking about their past and all their failures and all the things that they haven't done, the invitation has never lapsed. The invitation still stands there for you, still sits there for you. You just have to respond. It's up to you in this moment. Number three, a new altar. This is where our understanding of altars really comes in. Verse seven says this, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on towards the hills of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. Now, I need you to notice something here. It doesn't say Abram re-erected the same altar that he packed up before and took with him. 
He's not just carrying an altar with him. You see, when God appeared to him again, he went out and sacrificed his time to find materials, to find things, to build a new altar to God. Because it was a fresh encounter, it deserved a new altar. And so this morning, um, I want to ask that question. Are you sitting at an old altar, an old encounter? You see, if you were to follow Abram on his journey throughout the land, if you were to just follow the path that he went, you would come across the altar that he had built time and time again. And it happens after chapter 12 as well. Now, when you came across that altar, you would have two, two options, really. One would be to sit at his altar and hope that you too had the same encounter that he had. Or the other one would be to be encouraged by what God had done in someone else's life, so much so that you would have your own encounter and build your own altar. See, when I look back at my faith journey, there's so many times when I am running off a whiff of someone else's encounter. Can anyone else think of times like that in their faith? Where you see God moving so much in someone else's life that there's almost a little bit of jealousy that you sit at their altar hoping that God will do the same. The alternative is that it would spur you on to seek God for yourself. My challenge to you this morning is, are you sitting at someone else's altar? Sometimes that's even, this can be an altar. A revelation that I get from the verse that I share in a sermon that you attach to, and so that's my revelation. It's not. You've got your own revelation to seek out. We as a church need to continually be seeking ways to honour God with new altars. Every day God's doing something in your life. Every day. My fourth point is this, a new hunger. Verse 8 says, There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And when reading through and researching this passage, I must have read it 20 times, no exaggeration. And each time going, God, would you show something to me, that something that would spur something in myself, an encouragement, something that I can share with the church. And it took me so long until I realized this. In every other thing that I had read about Abram was Abram had always built altars after God showed up. But in this verse... He builds one so God would show up. Notice the difference? Every, every other time that I read was God would appear and then Abram as a response would go out and build an altar. This time, Abram desires God to show up so he goes out and builds an altar. When I, um, when I moved to Sydney, um, I remember walking through Crowsness and I was just praying for, this, for ministry I'd never been in paid ministry before, so I didn't know what to expect. And so I was like, God, what, what do you want from me in this moment? And I felt so clearly like God said, I, I didn't call you to Sydney to maintain a ministry, just to maintain status quo in a church. In that moment, I really felt like um, God was saying, um, I called you to Sydney to be part of the solution to be part of a new thing that I'm doing at Northside. We only have to look at Taramara to see that God is doing something special in this place, right? 
I'm doing something new at Northside and in your city. I'm calling you to be hungry for you and on behalf of those around you. I spend a lot of days in ministry talking to people in this church, people in other churches, other ministers in other churches, and every conversation always comes back to the same thought. And this is where I may offend you, and I'm okay with that. And I say this with the, most, the utmost respect for the generations before me because that's this foundation. I'm so thankful to GA and to Jay and everyone that's poured their heart and soul into this church. But I'm not just talking about Northside, I'm talking church globally. And so I am very thankful for the generations before me. But I must say this. If we as a church do the same things as we have always done, sing the same songs we have always sung, sit with the same people we have always sat with and respond to God as we always have, then the stats about our church are correct. It's going downhill. We have to have a new hunger to see God move incredibly in this city, in this country, in this church, in your family. There has to be a new hunger, a new level that we rise to. If our desire for transformation in our own lives and for the lives around those, us, doesn't increase past our desire to be comfortable, then we've already failed. I'll say that again. If our desire for transformation in our own lives and for the lives around us doesn't increase past our desire to be comfortable, then we've already lost. We must find new ways to worship. We must find new ways to share the message of the gospel. We must find new ways, new things to be hungry about, and we must have a new hunger for God. A new hunger means this, that, that we are the people that build the altar to worship our God before he shows up because we know his character, that we are the people that give generously to fill the vision that God has for Northside Church, that we are the people that get up early to lift up our colleagues in prayer, That we are the church, gosh, <laughs> didn't expect that. That we are the church that opens our doors to strangers so that they know what it means to be in true community. That we are the people that worship with arms raised and voices loud because God showed up in our life. That we are the people who don't tear down our neighbour because they live a little different. But instead we speak encouragement and life at every opportunity. That we are the people that love extravagantly with no agenda. We have to, we have to step up, church. We have to step up. Make room. The church wasn't too big when you walked in, right? There was a seat for you. The cost is never too much to see our family come to know Jesus, to see our city come to know Jesus, and our God is never not able. But again, it's up to you. Let's pray. God, I just um, I thank you that you always call us forward with no condemnation, God, but
but covered in grace as an expression of love, call us forward into our future, God. So God, I want to pray in this moment for those that are thinking just of all the times they've failed, all the times they've turned their back on you, all the times they think they should have done more. God, I just thank you that you're a God of forgiveness, that you're a God of grace, that it's not about that, that you're calling us forward knowing that we, we fall short sometimes. God, for us as a church, may you continually prompt us. Lord, whether you've showed up or not, that we would be a church that builds an altar, that we are hungry for a new encounter with you, a fresh revelation of who you are in our life, God. God, that we would stand in the gap for those around us that don't yet know you, that we would get up and pray for them, that we would speak life into them, God, so that they would have their own encounter with you, Jesus. Let us be that church, God. So God, in this moment, I just thank you for what you're doing in this church, in Northside Church. Thank you that Taramara this morning for me was that reminder that you are moving. It's just for us to put our hand up to be a part of it. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.